Welcome to the Youth Pastors Are Pastors 2 podcast. Recorded in Central Texas. Broadcasting to the world. Join your hosts and their weekly guests for insight, advice, guidance, and ideas to help your ministry flourish and help you take care of yourself. Now, with a combined 35 years of ministry experience, your hosts, Jacob Taylor and Jeremy Hellums. Guys, welcome to episode 12? Are we on episode 12? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's episode 12. Wow, episode yeah. 12. That means we've been doing this for 12 weeks. 12 weeks that? and 12 divided by 4 is, that's like 3 months. 3 months. Wow. I I think the only commitment I've had longer than 3 months is my marriage. So, that's right, that's right. Uh <laughs> Jeremy, how are you doing this week? You know, um, it's I think it's it's been an interesting week. Um, I got to see some old friends yesterday, and uh, we got to uh, play with some sound systems and fix a few things, and uh, yeah, just catch up a little bit, you know. And that was a lot of fun. I, I love tinkering with uh, with sound systems, and I love troubleshooting. Um, just you know what's wrong with this? Why why did the monitors work? Yeah, and uh, just you know figuring out why they don't work. You know, yeah. So I love doing that. It's fun. I don't know why. You like problem solving. <laughs> you like to you like the the stress of trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, I I have found out that I do work well, pretty well under pressure. You know, uh, we did this mission trip one time. And we raced down to a prison to do like a like a worship set and then like present the gospel deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know we were doing it, but they got us in there and they were like, "You've got 15 minutes to set up," and I was just like, "Okay, we're good." You know, it's like 15 minutes. Some people can't do it. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So that's going on, and then continue to take care of my wife. Uh, we are like on the countdown for getting this cast off. And so we're hoping uh, next Tuesday she Already? gets the cast off. Yeah, it's, it's really close. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully it's all healed up and we get this cast off and we're good to go. So, well, uh, what's going on with you? I know you had a fundraiser this past weekend. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but what's I mean, going on with you, Jacob? I'm more than happy to talk about the fundraiser. Well, uh, I, think, I think you should. Well, we had barbecue, and if if you live in Texas, most of Texas, you know that it's rained every day, and it was, I can't say, we weren't outside the whole time while we were cooking it on Saturday, Yeah, but while we were out there, man, the the rain was just, it was coming down sideways. And what? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Hey, can I add a, add a side note real quick? Yeah. One of my Canadian friends yesterday told me that they went to Home Depot this past weekend and they bought a barbecue. They bought yeah. a barbecue? They bought a barbecue. That's what they called it. I didn't know that's what it was called. Okay. Well. That was it. <laughs> I digress. I digress. Tell, tell, Anyways, tell, us, tell we, us about the, we the rainstorm. Four, we cooked four <laughs> briskets, smoked four briskets all day Saturday. Uh, called it a night about nine o'clock and then uh, headed home 
my wife was out of town for she was spending time with her sisters uh, and her friends uh, and so I had the house to myself uh, which is sounds great but when I got home I fell straight asleep and then uh, had to turn around and be back at the church to cook the chicken and sausage uh, early Sunday morning so it would be all fresh for Sunday uh, lunch and uh, again it was raining on Sunday morning uh, but it was uh, well worth it we we had a goal of $1,300 to cover uh, just the bus we were hoping just to get enough money to cover the van we don't own a church van or anything we were just hoping to get enough to rent the van for the week and uh, the thing about my church is uh, they will give and they will give until I made the announcement Sunday morning. Uh, and I said, guys, I'm going to be real, uh, honest with you. If we don't make the goal, we're going to have to do more fundraisers. And I'm, I'm getting too old to keep doing this all the time. So uh, I don't know if that worked or not, but uh, we ended up raising $2,400 just from Saturday, awesome. uh, from Sunday, uh, which brings the total of the whole fundraiser uh, well, people were donating afterwards to like $3,500. And that means that every student that signs up for camp this year will not have to pay anything. So uh, I think out of the six, four, five, six years that we've done fundraisers, this is the most we've ever raised in one one event. And uh, is actually less people in church because of the weather. There was only like 50 people in church. That means 50 people raised donated $2,400 and uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to go into detail, but I was, I can see who, you know, obviously on checks, you see their names and just like, oh, wow, yeah. wow. Like, I think with checks thank alone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. With the checks alone raised the $1,300, then it's all the cash. And I was just mind blown. Uh, I'm super stoked that the kids don't have to pay. That means anybody that uh, wants to go can go without any worries, uh, and it was it was just a good good. I had a good time cook smoking briskets. It's always a good time to hang out with the boys, smoke some briskets. Uh, mm-hmm. We watched the uh, PGA tour on the, the sanctuary TVs. Oh yeah! In between, like, checking everything, and uh, I love Phil Mickelson, and it was a, a joy to watch him do that. Then we watched the Astros lose and. Uh. Yeah, they lost so, to the Rangers, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, but was I, is Tiger Woods back? No, he was in a car wreck about a, two months ago. Well, I know he was in a car wreck, but I mean that guy's like invincible as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think this one got him though. I think this car wreck's gonna okay. be. He he may come back, but I think this this one is gonna take a little bit of time to get back. Yeah. So. Well, I mean that makes sense. So, all right, that's uh, lots of memories watching him play. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, really good. <laughs> yeah. For and those of you who aren't golf fans, uh, Tiger Woods is really good. Uh, Phil Mickelson is left-handed, and I'm also left-handed. Uh, the only reason I played uh, ever decided to uh, play golf was because I watched Phil Mickelson play because he was left-handed, and so. So I'll be honest with you. I thought Phil Mickelson was like seventy. That's Jack Nicholas. <laughs> But, but he's, he's just like, but ever since I've been watching golf, Phil's oh, been he's, around. He's been around a long time. Uh, he He's like 40. They do the, he's the oldest guy to ever re- win uh, a championship. And I think he was like 49 and 
11 months. I don't know why they have to break it down like that, but I guess they do. But uh, yeah, I mean, so. he's still 49. He, he's still making more money than I am. So, <laughs> uh, oh so, yeah. my goodness. Well, man, uh, that's lovely. I mean, just lovely to to know the kids. If they want to go, you go. Yeah, yeah. and There's we have no twelve spots for students this year. So, uh, uh, hopefully, we can fill every one of them. I know there's a there's a lot interested and uh, ready to go, especially since this year's the we they get to go to camp and not us showing up with melted ice cream. <laughs> Uh, well, the first few kids that we, we did uh, online camp last year, Jacob and I together, and we went from house to house in the afternoon and we delivered ice cream one day because uh, I didn't, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Jacob, you, you planned to deliver ice cream. I did. I thought it would work better with a Yeti cooler. Did we have a Yeti cooler? Yeah. We used oh. my Yeti cooler. Hmm. I guess I don't remember it was a Yeti. Anyways. The first two students they got, got ice, ice cream. cream. The last three got milkshakes. Milkshakes? <laughs> I don't even know. It wasn't even. So it was like ice cream, milkshakes. <laughs> milk. We're watching the video. We, we poured it from the yeah. half gallon into the cup or cone. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't think. Yeah. So but the you know, cream, it was the snow cones were a big hit too. I the snow cone. Mm-hmm. They're actually sitting right there. I'm like, man, I should have snow cones for church tonight, but that's a lot of work. And I, I why not? Why not? I might just go get myself one. Uh, so. Hey, can I make a shout out? Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, that, I I just want I want to make a shout out to Kelsey. What's up, Kelsey? Hope you're having a great day. Yeah, Kelsey is like the secret producer. Shopper. 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 I don't know what you mean. She's like the producer or director. Uh, mm. Every week she she watches. She's like the one consistent person on YouTube that watches. Uh, so shout out to looking at our ugly faces every week. Uh, <laughs> but then she she sends back ideas, and we're like, okay, we write. I I write them down. I don't I don't have that notebook. That notebook's at home, but. I have the notebook of Kelsey ideas, and uh, and we're definitely taking them and working with them and planning out a show. And uh, I mean, it's surprising that we've actually had twelve ideas so far. No, I I don't know where they come <laughs> from, and uh, Kelsey's ideas do help get us through and uh, bring up other ideas. Like she says one thing, I'm like, okay, well let's add this, and then uh, we uh, I, I mentioned this in the interview with our guest that uh, we are working on like a series of women in ministry, women Mm -hmm. like wives and uh, women that are in the ministry. And uh, she suggested that uh, after we, we, after we talked about it and we're like, well, that just confirms that that this needs to happen. So, Oh yeah. It was interesting. Uh, I talked to my wife about, you know, potentially being a guest in that series and she didn't say yes or no necessarily, but she did say, well, I've got two recommendations for you. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, you know, whether she wants to be on the show or not, I, I can't confirm or deny, but she did say she at least she has some candidates maybe. So. Well, my wife said she's all in for it. So. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, we'll well, uh, don't we have a guest today? 
We do. We have a guest. His name is Jared. He's the host of a podcast. Uh, it's uh, let's take taboo out of mental. Let's take the taboo out of mental health podcast. Uh, great. Uh, if if you're interested to see what he's talking about, you might at this point pause our, our podcast and go check out an episode uh, of his. If you want to know Jared more, his first two episodes are just about why he's doing what he's doing why like how he got where he was at uh and and the whole the whole all the episodes are uh, great i i've listened for a couple of weeks now and uh just a great thing and that's why uh uh we that's why we brought him on is because of he was a pastor he's i mean he's still considered a pastor but he had uh mental health issues that forced not forced him but he decided he needed to uh step down and take care of himself take care of his family and uh and as pastors or uh, worship leaders or youth pastors or any anybody in ministry i think he was i think he's a perfect example of and he had suggestions on how to take care of ourselves uh mentally and physically to uh, continue the ministry and where we're at and it was it was a is one of my favorite discussions. I could have, we could have gone, I was looking at the timer. If you've never done podcasts, there's a, there's a timer that tells you how long you've been recording. And I, we made him, we were just talking and I looked down and it, it's a 38 minutes. I went, Oh no, that's like a long podcast, but it's not going to feel like a long podcast. It's he, uh, just a super nice dude. Great. Uh, insight on uh, dealing with the mental health of the ministry and how to come out of it and how to take care of yourself. And uh, he, his wife uh, might come on during that women of uh, ministry series that uh, just to talk about her side of being on, you know, the whole story thing. So yeah. Uh, Why don't we just jump right into it? Hey guys, on the line. What are we gonna call the hotline today? Uh, uh, let's say I got one. Uh, this one's for my wife. Amanda Taylor hotline is Jared. Uh, Jared, welcome to our podcast. Uh, have you ever been on a different podcast other than your own? I've been on one before, but this is it, it's been a little while. So this is a cool treat. I cool. appreciate you guys having me on. All right, cool. Well, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Jared Cash. I currently live in the San Antonio area, um, but just recently uh, accepted a job uh, in Washington State. So my family's going to be moving out in just uh, about two or three weeks. So we're packing all of our stuff up, getting ready. Um, but I uh, have a wife, Jessica, and two little ones, Juliet and Adeline, who are four and one. So fun tiring ages uh and then yeah i'm not sure what else you want me to jump into at this point but uh i'd, I'd like to hear a little bit of background I, I think you were a youth pastor is that right yeah so i was i worked as a youth pastor at two different churches uh one outside of dallas and one outside of austin uh and so did that and actually got connected with jacob during my my one in uh when i worked at Mancheck. Baptist Church uh, outside of Austin mm-hmm. and did that. And then God opened up the door, felt called to do a church plant. So in a city called Shirts outside of San Antonio, 
my family moved and uh, we planted a church called Impact Church, which is still still going and uh, pastored there for almost four years. So you've you've been all over the spectrum from the, the youth ministry into the church plant. And yeah, that's awesome. So uh, the reason we have Jared on today is because he hosts a podcast uh, about mental health and uh, in ministry. I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, he he used it. I've listened to uh, most of his episodes and it, it, it focuses on uh, what, what it's like. Let's lose the taboo of mental health. Is that the name of it? Yeah, the name of it's lose the taboo of mental health. And I mean, just the title by itself, because you know, when you hear mental health, you're just like, "Ooh, something's wrong with that person." And there's everybody goes through it, and that's why I think you're the perfect guest for this uh, uh, subject, because you you're pretty open about it on your podcast. Um, why don't you? Can you tell us why how why you started the podcast and what got you to that point? Yeah. Yeah, I've I've gotten to the place where I've really put myself out there. So it was it was kind yeah. of scary at first, um, put myself out there with mental health, but uh, just received a lot of affirmation and just knew that it was the right thing. But I'd always dealt with mental illness uh, ever since I was in high school, dealt with depression and anxiety, and so those were always there. Uh, some seasons of life worse than others, but it was always this kind of constant struggle. Could never quite overcome it um and it it was pretty sustainable though for the times that i worked in ministry and had a family but when i started the church plant um we had our second child was born pretty early on in pastoring that and then uh covid took place and as anyone knows the whole you know everything changed but church ministry changed in a way that no one was expecting and so there was just so many curveballs with that, that I just got to the place where kind of more and more my mental health was getting worse and worse. Uh, and it got to a place during that season where I just got so low and so anxious and was just always on the verge of anxiety attack and was or panic attack and uh, just in a low place of depression. And, and it got to where I thought, you know, I need to, after talking to my wife, I need to step away from pastoring right now because it's not good for me. It's not good for my family. It's not good for the church if I'm not in a healthy place mentally. So I went ahead and um, talked to to our leaders at the church and was able to step away. And uh, I didn't just jump right into another job. Um, my wife was working and I had some time being a kind of a stay at home dad, but also just kind of figuring out how can I make myself the healthiest I can be mentally. And so I did that. And during that time, you know, God put it on my heart, start a podcast. Um, I have a unique story. It was still fresh, but a story with ministry, but then also just mental health really was exposed how uh, during COVID, just how serious it is and how many people deal with mental health issues. And so I just felt called to speak on it and by m- no means an expert, but just trying to just get the conversation going to where people feel encouraged that they're not alone. Uh, and then just kind of help remind people that Jesus is in the middle of middle of even mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so that's been my goal. I've had on some guests, uh, my doctor, my counselor, a counselor before and different guests just to 
because mental health is such a broad, complicated topic. And so just trying to break it down uh, the best I can. But God also put on my heart, I'm uh, about to be releasing it soon, but I also wrote a devotional book called Live Fully, Love Freely with Mental Illness. And so it's a devotional book for those that struggle with mental illness or have a loved one that does. So I'm going to be releasing that probably in about a month and a half. And so, yeah, just this season has been a unique season of, of just God speaking and working in my life. And he's done quite a bit in these past six, seven, eight months. Cool. So you said you were at the church plant when it's, I mean, I think we all been through the COVID like exhaustion just because you, especially me personally, I was doing devotions every day. I was doing videos every day uh, for like four months and I was just exhausted. Did, and you don't have to answer this, but did, 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 did your mental health uh, affect what you were doing at the church? Yeah. You know, I got to, it felt like it got to the place where I was so focused on just trying to not collapse under my mental mm-hmm illness that, you know, I think I still was able to get the things done that I needed to done, but I wasn't always present in the moment. And that's something that's always big with me is being present in the moment when talking with people. And it was just, it got to the place where that was a struggle. And that was kind of one of the big things that I noticed. Yeah, I was, I would, I would think of those times, especially this past year, uh, it was just the motions where those times where we were just going through the motions. Yeah. And, uh, you you kind of kind of miss out on opportunities when you do that. And, uh, I I think as youth ministers and pastors or any church person or in the that's in the ministry had to deal with the, at some point that that not being there, you know, but just doing mm-hmm. the motions not being there. So that's uh, I don't man, I, that's a good. You know, I didn't really think about that until you, you just said it. Like, you know, we were just going through the motions, really, and not actually being present. And, man, that's good. So, um, you know, I think people start to pick up on that. You know, they can mm-hmm. they can start to see that that it, there's not that freshness. There's not that being present. And, and so it's, whether it's COVID or not, it's really easy oh, yeah. to get where you're going through the motions, but that's a dangerous place to be because lots of times that leaves God out of the picture where we're yeah. not seeing where he's moving and where he's working. Yeah, just focused trying to get through that day or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, as as a you're now a pastor, go, about to go back into past, like uh, do we, do, as pat, leaders of a church, do we suffer, do you think we suffer differently than most people because of our position or or do we, because I mean, some people do kind of look at us as, as above, you know, not, not that we're above people, but we're, we're on a pedestal and it's, uh, it's, is it harder? I guess I can ask it this way. Is it harder to realize that, Hey, this is something that I'm dealing with and I, I, I need to keep people away from it and not let people know, or do I, I finally need to just say, Hey, this is, this is me. I'm real. Uh, why, why, why do we do that? Like, why do we try to hold ourselves above on the pedestal knowing that we're just, we're just like everybody else, but just has a different calling. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's extremely difficult for those that are in ministry when it comes to mental health. I think, first of all, as you guys know, and anyone that's that's worked in ministry, there's just a weight, a different weight that comes with pastoring in any aspect of the church when you're when you're ministering to students and their parents, or you're ministering to adult ministry, or uh, as a lead pastor, whatever it is, there's just a weight because of the spiritual spiritual sense. You know, you're you're not just clocking in and clocking out. You know, this is a, a job that is affecting people's eternity. You know, this is the greatest greatest thing that they can either figure out or they can ignore. And so there's just a pressure that comes with that anyway. So there's that added, that added weight on your shoulders of, 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 Hey, I'm helping people discover more about God. Uh, but then there's also that your life is very public. You know, it's kind of one of those that, uh, you're like a small celebrity, you know, yeah. where, where people see different aspects of your life that normally you could hide a lot easier wouldn't necessarily be seen in, in, in another career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is really difficult because as a leader of a church or leader of a ministry, you want to feel like, like people can trust that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and that you're in a place that you can actually lead into admit, Hey, I'm struggling with mental illness makes you feel like, well, what if they don't actually think I'm capable of leading, you know, what if yeah. all of a sudden I'm <laughs> pushed to the side because I'm not in a place that I can lead. And so it's, it's really scary. And that's why a lot of people and I did just push through it in an unhealthy way, because mm-hmm. just the fear of how is everyone going to take this? How is, how is everyone going to interact with this knowledge of, Hey, I'm dealing with mental health issues. Yeah. How hard was it for you to, to, uh, admit and then step like step down. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I'd say it was, you know, I had poured so much of Mm -hmm. myself into this church plant, you know, and had given everything. I love this group of people and it was difficult because I knew there were things I could have done to help get my mental health in a better place that I just kind of pushed through, like I said, and I I kept going and I didn't do some of the things that would have helped take care of my mental health. And so making that decision to actually step down uh, was super difficult. Uh, And here again, just the worries of the tension of what are people going to think, you know, and what is my family going to, you know, how is this going to look for my family? You know, that's, that was my way of supporting my family. And so, uh, there was just something that I just knew deep down. I am not going to ever be able to be this, the person that God wants me to be if I don't step away and take some time to just heal and to re-energize myself mentally. Um, so it was one of the hardest things, but it was definitely what I needed to do. And I haven't had any doubts about that uh, since I stepped down. Yeah. How was the church, uh, support? was the church, the church like supportive of it and they understood or? There's a lot of like back, like back, you know, people weren't real happy with. We actually, we had people egging our cars for weeks. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, (laughs) dang. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, man, everyone was so sweet and so supportive. You know, I had been open about mental health beforehand. I had preached sermons, a couple sermons on it. We had talked about it as leaders. I had 
encourage people with seeing a counselor. And so it was something that that people were aware that that was a struggle of mine that mm-hmm. I'd been very open with. And so for our leaders, our, our key leaders, I was keeping them updated kind of weeks leading up of like the place that I was in and where I was going. And so those leaders, when I finally made that decision, hey, I need to step down, they were just like, okay, let's figure out how to make this transition really smooth for you and make this transition healthy for you and your family, but then also the church. And so the leaders were so gracious. And then the people just showed more support than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, I think they just appreciated that I was real and I was honest. And instead of just saying, I've got to step down, you know, explaining why people, people, they respond really well to authenticity. And so just being real and being vulnerable and allowing people to kind of know a little bit of, of where my life was, uh, I think helped them know that they could they weren't, you know, didn't have to be mad, but they could actually help support me, uh, kind of in my next chapter of life. So, uh, once you stepped down, what was those first couple of weeks like? What was your, what was your daily uh, time with God like? What, what did you do? How did you basically come out of where you were at? Yeah, you know, I I had started going back to see my counselor who I'd seen before. Um, within the first couple weeks of stepping down. And one thing that she encouraged me with was to get away for a week. Uh, So I got away for about four days and just spend that time doing a couple different things. First of all, just journaling my thoughts. And so I just got out and I just spent time and just listened to God and just talked with God and just wrote up my thoughts. And uh, I wrote a letter, she said, to, to write myself a letter of what I felt like God was wanting to tell me. And so I addressed it like, dear Jared, you know, as if God was writing this letter and just these truths of God and things that were ultimately the most important thing about being his child, about my identity, being him just were pouring out as I wrote this prayer from God to me. And, uh, she had me write a letter to myself from my daughter's viewpoint of just what they wanted from their daddy. And, you know, it was just a lot of writing and it was a lot of just praying. And, you know, I walked before that week, I was in such a strange place where I was confused. I was a little bit angry with God, but it was like after that week and I just was reminded of his truths got me to where I was saying, you know, I've got to, I've got to depend on God during this time. And he didn't, he didn't leave me out to dry. This is part of his plan. And so it was after that point that I started saying, well, let me just read the word of God. Not, you know, it's a, t- it's a struggle whenever you're uh, in ministry to read mm-hmm. thinking, how's this going to relate to my students or how's this going to relate to my church? But then just to read and say, what is God trying to tell me? How's he speaking to me? And I started doing that and it was just, just a game changer for me of just being reminded of these truths of God and, helping me remember what's most important in life and how I can place my trust in God and, and feel secure in that. And so, uh, it was a, it was a different transition. And, and luckily we had, the church was really gracious and gave me a, uh, several months of pay. So my wife and I didn't have to work. And so 
she was able, there was points, you know, just about every day that I would go out to my office, which I'm in right now, and just write some some devotional thoughts for my devotion or record my podcast. And that was a really good time of healing for me. And so I was able to, to do that, but then just spend a lot of time with my family. Yeah. So with your time that you, you took off, do you think if you would have done, and I don't know if you did this or not, but those certain things that you were doing, like writing and uh, taking four days to get away, you think if you would have done that during while you were still doing the church plant that it might have not got to that point or uh, this was just going to happen. Like it was going to happen. This is what needed to happen. Uh, and that you like, if you were so focused, I, I can imagine I've never done a church plant, but I can imagine your focus that you want this church to grow. You want to bring in people. You want to share the gospel with people that aren't usually going to hear it, that you kind of forgot that, Hey, I do need to take these four days off. I do need to write down mm-hmm. this a letter or, I need to read God's word in that's directed towards me. Do you think you, if you would have done that while still doing the church plant, that maybe uh, it didn't get to the point where you needed to step away? You know, I think uh, if I would have done that early on and continued to do that those years, you know, I don't know if a couple months of it would have made a big enough of a difference, but if I would have done that from the start and just not allowed the pressure and the weight, Cause it was just with the church plant, it was always difficult to shut my brain off, you know, of, mm-hmm. of I'm done, done working now. And I need to just focus on myself and my family. There was always those thoughts of, you know, what else do I need to do for the church? Or there's that person that needs help. And so it was really hard to not get so wrapped up in my ministry, even though it's a great thing, but it got to an unhealthy place. And if I would have from the start been really intentional to not allow that to happen, to create some more boundaries, to do some things on a regular basis that allowed me to recharge mentally, Mm -hmm. I think it definitely could have been avoided, you know, and, and that's why it's never too soon to put some things in place for your mental health. for a minister, whether they've dealt with it in the past or not, because those steps early on can make a huge difference, I believe. Yeah, that's why I asked. I was like, uh, if someone's listening and they they're like, "Man, I'm getting getting to that point," and maybe they they don't they're not at a in a position where they can take you know some time off, and they just need to they're not quite where a lot of us get when we we have those mental things. But hey, there there are things that we can do, just like with what you did, uh, those things that we can do that will also keep us from getting to a, that, that point. And, uh, I think that's encouraging to, to, to let other people know like w- what works for you and that maybe it would have helped if you, it was something that we implemented early on, like in mm-hmm. your, your ministry. And, uh, I think some of the things I, mean, I, I, I really relate to when you said that we read the, the word when we're tra- trying to, put it to what our students are saying or our our church members, but we don't really read it. Sometimes we don't, most of the time we don't read it for ourselves and uh, we get wrapped up in trying to do that. And that's, uh, that was a good point that, yeah, we just have to stop and read it for ourselves and not, and sometimes just kind of say, Hey, students, this is my time. And uh, I, my wife's real good about noticing when I need to, to get away uh, Mm -hmm. a couple, right after about, halfway through COVID, she was like, you need to go away, uh, get out and, 
uh, I went to the beach for three days by myself mm-hmm. and uh, I, I went fishing by myself for three solid days and uh, didn't really catch much but the time just to, to get away and uh, I love the ocean and just just to look at the ocean and see what God created and that there's mm-hmm. so much beyond just what you see like in the first couple miles that uh, I felt like that I was spending my time with God while I was just sitting there uh, fishing and uh, time off is I think one of the biggest things that we forget to do especially if you like like in myself I'm bivocational mm-hmm. you can get wrapped up in oh you got your daily job and then you come home and you work all you work on church stuff like this week uh, I'm working, getting prepared to, for camp all the paperwork for camp and you come home and you work and then you're like okay go to bed do it again the next day and Mm-hmm. Uh, that can that you, it might not seem it at the time, but that's going to take effect on your mental health uh, later down on the road, especially right before summer. Like summer's p- packed. Like the, we, if I if you're listening, I encourage you. You have to take time off. You got to take time mm-hmm. to take care of yourself, and not just yourself, but you have your family. Um, how is your family throughout the whole thing? Uh, I met your your wife's. Uh, did you know your wife worked used to work with my mom for a, a brief time? I didn't she, know that. No. Yeah, she uh, when she worked for the Bastrop ISD for yeah a brief time that uh, my mom was the secretary for a special ed department and she I didn't know that. Everything That's really went, cool. Yeah, everything went through. Everything had to go through my mom because she was the, the director's secretary, and they they worked a little bit together, but. Uh, mm. uh, she, she seemed real nice uh, the few times I met her. How was she uh, during all of it, leading up to it and uh, your time off and, and getting back into the ministry? Yeah. Uh, by the way, if anyone's watching the video, sorry, I'm sweating terribly. I have to turn my air conditioner off because it's so <laughs> loud out here. So it is like burning up in here. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, you know, Jessica was really, really supportive during it. You know, she she was really worried about me. The, mm-hmm. the times when it got up to the very end before I stepped down, things got to a place where I started to notice a difference in my daughter, who was three or four at that time. Um, and it really started to where she was being affected by it. She could tell the anxiety I was dealing with. She could tell that daddy was in a strange place. And so, you know, there was a time I've said on my podcast before, there's a time when she was told by my mom, her grandmother, uh, I want to go ride my bike for daddy. Cause I think that will make him feel happy. Mm. And it was like, man, that ripped, ripped me apart. Just knowing that where the place I was in was taking a toll on my family. And that was one of the, the biggest things that made me realize something's got to change whenever my family was being affected. And Jessica was having to take on more, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, with her role at, you know, with, at home and with things around the house. And it's like, I was just trying to survive and she was having to take on more. So it took a toll on her, but she knew that that was something she had to do in that period. Uh, and so when it finally got to the place where I was like, I've got to step down, you know, Jessica could have had every reason to be like, well, what in the world are we going to do? You know, how are we going to survive? But she was like, yes, you know, it sounds like this is what you need to do. And so she was really good about that period afterwards 
of allowing me to do what I needed to do. Um, like I said, go to counseling. I had a lot of doctor appointments. You know, I took that week away and she knew that taking on some extra stuff in the short term was going to help tremendously in the long run. And so, uh, you know, that's something else I encourage anyone is taking care of your mental health looks different for almost everybody, mm-hmm. you know, for, for you getting away and going to the beach was huge for you. It allowed you to be able to, to really connect with God and to be able to kind of take a load off of your shoulders. But for someone going to the beach may not be a relaxing yeah. thing, you know? So it's like, you got to figure out how has God wired me? What is actually something that's going to help me improve my mental health? And then being willing to do things like counseling. I'm a huge supporter of, of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you feel like you're in a place where you need it or not, it's just so beneficial. Yeah. Um, so doctor visits, just all these things. You just have to try a lot of things to figure out what's going to help maintain and improve your mental health. Yeah. So uh, we'll start wrapping it up because I, I can tell that it's hot where you're at. Uh, <laughs> no, we're good. I'm uh, good, man. I can talk as long as long as you want to. Uh, how did you know you were ready to go to start looking to go back into ministry? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I almost in the beginning I thought I probably don't need to do a job in ministry. That was mm-hmm. kind of my initial thought of I need to have a season where I'm not working in ministry and just kind of attending a church. And so that was my goal, and that's kind of what I was looking for and looking for jobs and that kind of thing. Uh, but it just more and more, I just felt like, man, working in a church is something that I feel God has called me to, and he could use me in mm-hmm. in another career path. But I just felt like, man, I have something unique with this mental health aspect that I can bring to the people that I serve, the people that I live life with in the context of church. and. So I felt like that's where I was supposed to be, and I had a, a message to share. I was I would be able to connect with people in a different way, and so uh, Jessica was really supportive of either way if I wanted to go into ministry or not. And so we just just prayed about it and talked about it a lot, and uh, ended up looking for some jobs and found found one that I at a church that I could tell was doing things right. Uh, in a role that was, I'm, I'm going to be a campus pastor. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be the, the pastor of a campus, but not the lead pastor of the whole church. And just not having that, that pressure of initially stepping into a lead pastor role mm-hmm. is going to be a, a healthy thing for me. And so we just wanted to find the right role at the right church. And, um, and we feel like that's what we've got with, with Timberlake church. Cool. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about your podcast and uh, I guess like advertise like how, how um, what are your goals with it and uh, what are your plans for it? Yeah, uh, the the podcast lose the taboo of mental health. You know, I really I, I got to the place where I, I just do episodes about once a month, not as regular as regular as I want. Uh, but I do once once a month. I try to about every other episode bring on a guest that has dealt with some aspect of mental illness, whether that's anxiety or bipolar or mm-hmm. OCD. 
are someone that's an expert in the field in some way. Uh, and so I try to bring on guests as much as I can, but then there's some episodes where I do a short episode with just me talking about something God had put in my heart or something that I've learned along the way. So my goal is really to create a community where people can be reminded on a regular basis that they are not alone, that there's others who are walking through similar journeys as them, and then help to hopefully equip people to take some different practices or take some different insights and to apply it to their life and to have the conversations they need to with their loved ones and and do the necessary steps to take care of their mental health. Uh, and then while doing all of that, just helping remind people that Jesus is in control and that, that Jesus has... He's not given us more than than we can handle and he can handle. Uh, and so that's kind of my goal with the podcast. And so I'm going to keep doing episodes at least once a month and uh, just kind of see who God brings along to to be on the podcast and, and what he exactly wants to do with it. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm really excited. I, I love doing the podcast. So is it on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts? Yeah, it's on most streaming platforms. So Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. Okay. Uh, I just don't have the video part of it on YouTube. That's something I'm hoping to add. We were talking about earlier, yeah. hoping to add at some point. But uh, any audio streaming yeah. platforms, pretty much, are my website, jaredcash.com. Uh, yeah. You can find episodes and some resources and things there. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. It's like, is there resources and ways to uh, connect on your website? Yeah, yeah. There's there's some resources about uh, suicide prevention, uh, anxiety. Uh, of course, the podcasts are on there. Mm-hmm. I've got also a contact page if you want to reach out and ask questions or just want some encouragement. There's a place where you can send me an email off of there. So uh, just, just want people to just know that there's others who support them and love them and kind of know at least a little bit of what they might be walking through. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, I really enjoyed the podcast and, uh, thanks man. I, you invited, you invited me a couple of months ago on the, the Facebook, uh, and I was like, oh, another podcast. And, uh, but for some reason I was like, I need something to listen to. And I was like, Oh, Jared sent me an invite to his, the, like the page. And, I listened to it and I was like, man, this is awesome. Actually, believe it or not, we, me and Jeremy have been talking about making a podcast for years. Mm -hmm. And then after listening to yours, I was like, yeah, we got to do this. (laughs) There's there's no reason why we can't. And so we, we started it. And so you're like, if this guy can handle it, we can definitely do it. Uh, And you have the same idea, the same idea and goal that we, we kind of have. And, you mm-hmm. want to help people and know that we're we're all in the same position, dealing with the same things. In a way, everybody has their own way, different things going on, and mm-hmm. uh, we we want we just want to encourage ministers or ministry people, not just youth ministers, not just, but everybody that's in the ministry that, uh, and and guide them and help them know know that they're not alone and they're not on this island by themselves, and uh, a mental health has a huge thing to do with that. And, uh, uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on and uh, telling your story and being open about it and not being afraid to, but 
people, I mean, I would assume that at first, I mean, I think you mentioned it, that you're afraid people are going to judge you for it. And you, you stepped out and you put it all, all up on the table when you started a podcast. <laughs> and man, it's, it's awesome to, that, that you were, you made time for us to come and you, you've, you're sitting in the hot box and, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, man, it, it, this is, I didn't know how this uh, episode would go, but man, this is, especially for me personally, it opened up some things that, you know, sometimes you just have to li hear it so you can mm. like just see like, hey, I need to do this, need to do that. And hey, maybe that's what's going on. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Before you wrap, we wrap this up, we ask two questions on every episode. Uh, what was the last song you intentionally looked up? like on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or whatever. And the second question is, what is the craziest story you have in ministry? Mm. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, before, before I answer those, I love what you guys are doing. I was telling you earlier, but yeah. this podcast is so needed, and I'm so thankful that you guys are doing this. Uh, I think it's already making a difference, and it's going to make a difference for Thank a lot you. of people. So thanks for listening to God's calling on that. Awesome. Thank you. Uh yeah, for me, the last song that I looked up is probably, I'm trying to think, I worked out this morning, and so I, I was listening to YouTube stuff. Um, what was it? Oh, man. Oh, it's a, I listened to a, a cover of Blank Space by Taylor Swift. It was by yeah. a kind of punk oh, band. Uh, I have that on my phone. <laughs> I, this one's by i prevail i think yeah yeah that's yeah good. yeah I have yeah a, i like that i like that version that, a lot that one gets me so <laughs> pumped and so i was listening to it when i worked out so sorry it took me a minute to remember the name oh, of it good. but uh yeah and then my craziest uh you know one that always sticks out to me uh <laughs> is early on i was a, a student pastor for summer uh, for a church in San Antonio when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And so I was just completely new to it. Didn't really know what I was doing. Um, was just hoping for the best. And, uh, early on I was teaching the youth. It was a really small group. And one of the first times that I taught a kid fell asleep, like to the max, like <laughs> head back, mouth wide open. And I, <laughs> It threw me off so bad. I was already nervous, didn't really know what I was doing. And then there's this guy who's sleeping like he hasn't slept in four days. And it just made me think, am I, am I like cut out to do this? Can I actually handle this? Uh, and so I learned from it, but it was definitely something that kind of was crazy to me in the moment because I was so early on in ministry. That's funny. I, I can't say I've ever had anybody fall asleep, but uh, I can, when I preached like, uh, on Sunday mornings, you just look at people's facial expressions, and they're just like, "What am I doing? Am I doing something wrong?" Or, and that's just their face when they're sitting there, and it's like, "Man, these people are either angry or they don't want me up here." Uh, yeah, I always, I always find a few people like in different parts of the room mm -hmm. that I know are going to have good expressions, and I just like <laughs> focus on those people when I preach now because yeah i can throw you off when you see someone who's got a face that looks like they're angry or something so i'm, a, I'm gonna have to keep that i'm preaching next sunday <laughs> so i'm like yeah yeah i'm gonna note that down look at the people that you know are gonna 
always no matter what kind of mood they're in they're going to be smiling so yeah uh, where can we uh we reach you or follow you or keep up with the where you're going and stuff yeah so uh on instagram i should know this i think it's just at jared cash i'm pretty sure uh and then i post a lot of stuff on facebook jared cash um so i don't know if there's a a better way to find it but those are the two (laughs) things and then there's a newsletter that i send out if you go on my website jaredcash.com you can sign up for a newsletter that i send out updates of when new podcast episodes are out or new blog posts that kind of thing um so those are kind of the best ways to keep up with what's happening with lose the taboo on mental health cool uh, any last word you want to encourage anybody with? Yeah, you know, my, my biggest encouragement would be uh, don't feel ashamed and don't feel selfish to take care of yourself mentally uh, and physically, all those things, uh, spiritually, emotionally. Um, it's one of the most selfless things you can do because mm-hmm. it will allow you to make a much bigger difference in the lives of the people around you. So that's my encouragement. Loved getting the opportunity to be able to be on here with you. And uh, like I said, I love what you're doing. Awesome. We appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll probably have you on again in the future. uh, I'd love that. Uh, We are working on, uh, spoiler alert for listeners, uh, women of ministry and focused on Mm. like wives of ministers. And uh, maybe we can get your wife on to talk about her side of what uh, your story and that's awesome. So definitely. Uh, cool. So, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. And, uh, uh, if you need a guest on your podcast, we, I know we will, we can make that work. So yeah, man, that'd be awesome. awesome. I'll, I'll definitely hit you up about and, that. Uh, that was an excellent interview that you're right. You know, it didn't feel like it was 40 minutes long or however long it was. It was just so, I, I think, more relevant than many of us realize because, and not only just, you know, pre-pandemic, middle of pandemic, post-pandemic, you know, just taking care of your mental health is, is very important, Uh, not only for you and your family, but also for your congregation. Yeah. And we, we talked about it a little bit about how, uh, Things like that just kind of sneak up on you. And sometimes you just need to hear someone say, hey, this is what was happening to me to realize, hey, mm-hmm. that that's me. That's that's exactly what I'm going through. And uh, mm-hmm. I I told Jared after the uh, after we got off recording that uh, just just for him to put himself out there to yeah. uh, especially in our and, I, and we talked about a little bit that we're we're on like a like this unofficial platform as ministers to that are leading other people that people and he said and i never uh never put two and two together but he said uh uh, local rock stars uh, as uh, that people look up to us and that we get to a point where we we can't admit to ourselves that we are struggling with something uh Mm -hmm. we, we don't and without having someone say something that we sometimes don't see it uh, and mm-hmm. we be, in the beginning, he talks about just getting into the motions. Oh, I, we, we, yeah, we discussed that, but we get into the, <laughs> the, the motion of everything and we kind of mm. forget not to be present. And, uh, 
it's easy to get into that thing and uh we man it was just good to he said a lot of things that i'm i'm gonna take home with me and uh uh remember uh, mm. and it's I think I think it's something that every person that listens to this podcast, every person that doesn't listen but needs to listen, needs to mm-hmm. hear, uh, mm-hmm. and we all, everybody just needs to check out his podcast. And uh, what was the name of that podcast again? Uh, take the tab, take taboo out of uh, mental health. Uh, he yeah. mentions it a couple of times, and he has yeah. a website and all that stuff. So well, you know, I'm, you say it as many times, right? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get it out there. I guess we could have yeah. done the hotline, uh, his podcast. We should have done it. We should have done that. Dang. Well, what great can you do? What can you do? Great ideas come after they, they need them. So. Yeah, it's uh, all good. Well, and and let me just tag this. You know, I think Jacob and I saw not only the value in his podcast and, and where he comes from, where he is now, where he's going, but because the, our community uh, is, is this – you know, our, our, our arms are open going, you know, if you need some help, you know, we're not, we're not licensed counselors or psychs or anything like that, but either a, we're going to find it or you, or B, we're going to listen to you. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So man, 12 weeks, we've been doing this 12 weeks and yeah, uh, 12 weeks. And to top it off with this episode, I'm, but like we said in the intro, and I mentioned it in the interview, Women of Ministry uh, series is coming up. Uh, still working on that, so it's not like next week or anything. But uh, it's a, it's, it's a definitely process. in the works. Yeah, it's so, in the works. Uh, ladies, we haven't forget about you. We know how important you are, and every episode leading up to, I mean, everything. The most important thing that comes out of it is that how important the wives are, and uh, mm-hmm. we all know that the world wouldn't turn without women. So that's right. That's uh, right. We want to show light, share, show the light on y'all, and uh, so y'all can have your own community of women in ministry. And uh, but that's a work in progress as we line everything up, and it's coming. So it's, there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't. You got anything else you need to add or? Uh, promote the only thing I, I would just tag the uh, tag the email address youth pastors are pastors to too youth pastors are two <laughs> youth pastors are pastors to too at gmail.com at so gmail. drop us a line you know if you're listening and you you thought maybe you maybe you've got something to bring to the table you want to be a guest on the show shoot us an email uh, I don't even think I've mentioned that on the show just yet but I think uh it's a, it's relevant. So, you know, you think you could bring something to the table. We would love to hear from you. Drop us an email. So. Also, if you would like a t-shirts, we're still, still holding that poll open to see if anybody would buy t-shirts to raise some money for Jeremy's audio. Cause he's behind the times. <laughs> oh, sheesh. <laughs> At least I have a microphone, right? You do have a microphone. You have headphones. You have everything. It could just be better. It just needs to be better. It could just be better. But, well, listen, Twelve weeks straight. You want to do it again next week and make it thirteen? Sure. Thank you for listening to the Youth Pastors Are Pastors Two podcast. Find us, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you want to see our ugly faces, look for us on YouTube. While you're at it, give us a like on Facebook. 
See you next week.